0: Hey, this is TJ. And this is Jacob. And do you follow us on social media? If not, make sure to give us a follow on Facebook at Heart of a Coach Podcast or Instagram and Twitter at HOAC Podcast. Once you give us a follow, we'd love for you to leave a comment of any future questions you would like to hear asked on the podcast. Also, any coach that you think would be a great guest, go ahead and leave them in the comment section as well. This month, we were so excited to have my new coworker, Coach Dylan Suddeth on the podcast. Coach Suddeth is going into his ninth year as the head baseball coach at Meridian Community College. Under his leadership, they have won one Region 23 championship, been the Region 23 runners up three times, and have won MACJC tournament championship. We had a great conversation with Coach Suddeth about living out your faith every day and about connecting with your players even in the downtime.
1: So join us as we dive into the heart of this coach. Billy Graham said a coach will influence more people in one year than the average person will in a lifetime. A coach is a parent, mentor, and friend. They're an influencer of the next generation. All this is hard to see just watching from the stands. When you watch from the stands, you can see the coach, but you can't see the heart of a coach. So join us as we dive in a little below the surface into the heart of a coach.
0: Coach Suddeth, we're so excited to finally have you on the podcast. Can you start out by just telling us a little bit about where you're from to now being the head coach at Meridian Community College?
2: Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. All right. So I am born and raised in Madison, Mississippi. I went to Madison County Public Schools um, K-12. through I graduated from Madison Central High School in 2003. I played football, basketball, baseball. Uh, growing up, whatever was in season, that's what I was playing. As I got into high school, I focused on football and baseball. Ended up coming to Meridian Community College on a baseball scholarship. 2003, I played 2004, 2005 here at Meridian. Then I left here, continued my baseball career at Southeastern Louisiana University in Hammond. Finished my playing career up down there. Immediately following my playing career, I was a student assistant at Southeastern Louisiana, uh, and then I got job opened up here and I called the head guy who's here and I told him I could coach third, I could coach the hitters, I could recruit, I could do all that stuff. Of course, I had zero experience doing it, uh, but he bought it and hired me and I spent five years an assistant coach and then I just uh, finished my eighth year as head coach um, going into my ninth year this year at, at MCC.
1: Coach Suddeth, tell us a little bit about uh, your testimony and how all that came about.
2: So I grew up going to church. I was in church every Sunday morning, every night. So I, I knew who Jesus was and I knew all the right answers, all the Sunday school answers. Then I went off to, uh, I went off to college, kind of did my own thing for a while, um, got into coaching and still was kind of doing my own thing. I worked for a guy named Chris Curry, who was very influential in showing me uh, a different way to live. Um, A guy that was our team chaplain named Justin Busby was also influential in my time. And looking back, it was just the Lord putting these guys in my path to get me back where I knew I needed to be. And so there's a lot of details that I kind of skipped over, but grew up, you know, two awesome parents, awesome childhood, um, raised me the right way. I knew right from wrong. You know, I know all the Bible stories. I just kind of got off like we see so many times and I wasn't a bad person, but I just wasn't living... For the Lord, you know it, that wasn't on my mind every day. Uh, I was very self-centered. Uh, what could I get out of this? What's the best thing for me? Things like that, and that even carried over to when I got into my coach. And uh, what can I? What can the players do for me? How can they further my career? How can I? And you're not thinking this, but this is looking back. This is what you're doing. You're using the players to to forge your career. And um, worked for, like I said, a guy named Chris Curry team chaplain's name was Justin Busby and kind of showed me a different way to live. And I was drawn to that. And so that was probably eight years ago now. I'm still not perfect. You know, and none of us are. But um, I feel like uh, I don't feel like I know why I do this. And it's because I'm called to do it. It's not because, you know, I, and I do, I enjoy the competition. I enjoy teaching the game. I enjoy all that stuff, but it's much bigger than that for me now. And it's funny how that works is you have more success professionally a lot of times because of that. So that's kind of my story. What do you
1: find is the difference in coaching a player who is a believer versus a non-believer? For example, what about uh, kids you've had like Matt Harrison and Sam McWilliams? How do they play different?
2: Yeah, so... And it's not, it's not just when they play, I think the playing is just a byproduct of that, but their preparation, it's obvious that there's uh a, a, like you said, a bigger purpose, a, a different reason why they do things. And that comes through in, and not just playing, but every single thing they do. I found a mature believer has been usually on top of their schoolwork, um, usually very dependable, has a servant leadership, quality to them that's lost in today's world and today's society puts others first. I found all those things to be true. And so when it, when you do get to game day, then that stuff gets magnified, you know, and, and, and they bring everybody up around them. So, yeah, you spoke to Matt Harrison. He, he kind of comes to the, to the front of my brain. When you, when you asked me about, you know, believers that I've coached as a kid who you as a, you know, but I'm actually learning more from him. You know what I'm saying? I'm learning more from that dude about uh, how to live your life and and how to look at every day and every, every anywhere we are is our mission field. You don't have to go, you know, leave the country to, 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 to be on your mission. That can be you as part of this this program, this baseball team. So I learned a lot from Harrison um, as far as that goes. But yeah, I found that all of any any player that that is true and real with their faith. There's a there's a um, genuine, genuineness to them they usually can handle pressure because, you know, getting the game-winning hit or getting this guy out in the bottom of the ninth, it matters, but it, it's just, it really does. If that makes sense, it really doesn't, you know. It does, but it's not like their identity is not tied in that. So they're able to perform better in those situations. But I would say the biggest thing is the impact they have on their teammates or their teammates will remember them forever and not just what they did on the field, the type of person they were off
1: have you seen a kid come through your program who has been uh, changed? He might have been uh, from a bad situation and through your program, he got on a good foot or maybe through your program sometime he came to know Jesus. Do you have a story uh, about a player who's had a dramatic change in your program?
2: Yeah, that's a good that's good. Um so yeah, I can. Um, one one comes to my mind. Um, this this was a couple years ago. And he came from he. I think his story is kind of more similar to mine, where he knew all the right things to say, but maybe wasn't, you know, walking the walk, so to speak. And he ended up getting baptized his sophomore year here in the pool right here by the uh, by the field. You you can see you'll see kids go either way. You know, you see some kids who have grown up in church and they'll go they'll run from it. Or uh, you see some other kids who kind of like get off on their own and start asking more questions and, and why do I believe this and why do we think this and deep and that's when you get some some real talk with those kids and it's fun to see that transformation and I think even sometimes it might be 10 years after the kids play for you you know and they, they remember something you said or did that you don't even remember that stuck with them so that's kind of a, a, keeps me on my toes too because you, you got to everything you say has power. And sometimes we think those kids aren't listening when they're always listening. So it's up to me, and it's a very big responsibility, and I take it very seriously to make sure that what what I'm saying and, more importantly, how I'm acting and what I'm doing is um, is what I want them to remember me by.
0: Coach, is there a coach that you had in your past that really had a positive influence on you while you were growing up playing sports? And maybe give us a story or example how that coach has impacted the way that you run and coach within your baseball program?
2: That's a good question. Um, so it's kind of like a pay it forward or compounding effect. You know what I mean? Like, um, I can't think of any stories off the top of my head. Not, and that sounds terrible, because I didn't, I had great coaches. But uh, uh, Chris Curry, who I worked for, probably had a bigger impact on me. And that's when I was 25, 26, 27, through that um, time period of my life. But as far as like specific coaches, when I was growing up, I had great coaches and they were great men. I think of any specific story off the top of my head, but Chris Curry was awesome. Uh, he walked the walk and talked the talk, but he did it in a way that was like not off-putting, you know. So it came across to me and the players as very, very, and I've said this word a few times, very genuine. He wasn't scared to be vulnerable, which I think a lot of times, especially in athletics, you know, everybody wants to be a big, macho, tough guy, and they don't want to show any vulnerability. And when the leader shows vulnerability then that you actually like are drawn to that guy even more and so uh i would say he was and it wasn't it wasn't like some some something he did for like for like selfish reasons you know i knew his heart was in the right place so i was around him basically 24 7 for two or three years and so i knew it wasn't like a means to an end for him like where I'm going to get this out of these kids if I, they see me acting this way. was a real genuine. Um, that can only come from one place because there's some hard days. And so to be very consistent in the type of person he was, it could only from be from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who was powering him throughout the tar- hard times. And that made such a huge impact on me that, that, yeah, when I'm having rough days, I'm like, man, I'm not feeling it today that I can look back and go, you know what? Not, not that I get it from any man, but a man that, that kind of modeled that reminds me of where my strength should come from what is some advice you would give to a
1: young coach just starting out
2: I would tell the young coach to um, be yourself you know if, if you're a believer and you're convicted in that which you should be if you're a real believer then be yourself and that's gonna be good enough you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna do things you know you look back and go, Man, that wasn't the smartest way to approach that. But I would say be yourself. Rely on, you know, it's cliche, but rely on the Lord to, to guide you. And I don't think, I know you can't go wrong if that's truly what you're doing. And so, yeah, be yourself. Stay consistent with the routine. Surround yourself with people as best you can that are on the same path as you. Try to find a mentor, someone who's older and been through it that you would like to model yourself after and that goes for anybody to me not just coaches but uh, you know we're talking about coaching i would tell a young coach to find a mentor and call them up and try to build a relationship with them Um, if you can try to work for that guy because then you'll see him on an everyday basis and i don't like networking so to speak i like more like relationships you know, networking to me is you send an email, you call up a guy every once in a while, and you try to build your network that way. I would rather have two, three, four, like, real relationships with coaches that are doing things the right way, the way I want to do it, and try to try to get in their circle like that. Yeah, that, that's how I'd answer that question. Say, be yourself, try to find you a mentor, rely on the Lord, and you, you won't go wrong. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make 15, 20, 25 years. So. You, You sure you're going to make some mistakes when you first get into it, and that's okay as long as your heart's in the right place.
0: Coach, what are some practical everyday examples you can give us about how you try to coach for the glory of God every day?
2: So I think it starts in the morning when you first get up. To me, just personally, like I've got to have some quiet time. And it doesn't – I wish I could say I did a devotion every morning, but I don't. But I do have some time that's carved into my day where I try to – be quiet and listen to what the Lord's trying to get me to do that day. And then I attack the day and I try to stay as positive as I possibly can. I want people to see somebody who enjoys what they're doing because people want to be around other people who have positivity rate radiating from them. And it's not hokey cheesy positivity. It's like excited to be at work, excited, genuinely excited to see this person, every single one of my players, every day, whether, the, and that's hard to do when you, got a roster of 30, 35 guys, but I try to at least dap them up and ask them how their day's going and um, try to just build a relationship as best you can. I think when I was younger, I'd wait on the player. But then now I'll go seek out that player because a lot of times they're going to be intimidated by the head coach and they're not going to want Not all of them are this way, but a lot of them are this way. They're not going to want to, you know, bother the head coach uh, with personal things. So you have to let them know that you actually care about them personally. And that can be like when they're stretching, you know, before practice. That can be during batting practice when they're shagging in the outfield. It doesn't have to necessarily be like a meeting where I set it up and you're, they're sitting across the desk from me. Because then sometimes that's too stuffy and formal. When you're dealing with 18, 20-year-old baseball players, they're idiots just like I am. And so a lot of times it's better to just do that on the field, ping pong, or, or just in a less formal setting than, hey, come see me in my office at 1230 today you know, catch them in their in their environment, talk to them there. When you go check curfew in the dorm, sit down and talk with them for a little bit. And over time, they'll start opening up to you, trusting you that you have, you know, their best interest at heart. And then they'll start coming to you when they have issues. And they all got issues, all of us do. And so for you to think they're just gonna come sit in the head coach's office and say, this is what I'm struggling with today. They're not going to do that. So you've got to make it, um, you got to be intentional to go go seek them out and let them know that you're here for them.
1: When you got into coaching, did you realize how much your players looked up to you and the impact you would have on their lives?
2: Yes and no. So I look back and and, I, and without even knowing it, I look, or, or sometimes I did know it, but look, you look up to your coaches. In that aspect, I did, but at the same time, first getting into it you're like two three years older than the guys you're coaching and so you're like they're not looking up to me but they they are and so even the older i get the more you see you see kids you've coached that are now men you know with wives and families and real jobs and things like that and you think I hope i did something to impact him in a positive way to put him on the right path and for me i hope that i showed him that you put the Lord first in every single thing you do, and then everything else comes comes behind that. And so I think that, like I've said before, I'm not per plain to be, but I do know, I do know the right way to live. And that's with completely, completely selling out to Jesus Christ and giving him every single thing, the good, the bad, everything, it's all his. And so I want my players to see that and I wanna be consistent in that. So without even me, like, getting up to them preaching every day, they just see how I live, you know, and that's how I want my players to, to learn from me. So I guess circling back to answer the question, I would say, yeah, now that I'm, I'm a little older, I do I do see where that, that impact is huge, and uh, I don't take it for granted. I don't take it lightly. Coach, we always end
0: by asking our guests this question, and that question is, when you are done coaching, what do you want people to say about you?
2: i want them to say that that was a good coach who cared about me more as a person than as a player and that is a real genuine there's that word again person who loves the lord and i think if they and i know this is fca podcast so that's what i'm supposed to say but i really truly believe that like I want them to think that, and that's a good, that's a good question. And that's something I need to like tape up over my computer. Like, how do you want these guys to remember you? You know, cause that's a legacy you leave. And I think TJ asked the question earlier, you know, do you remember some coaches who had an impact on you? And then I've got a bunch of kids that I've coached that are now in coaching and hopefully they have an impact on these other kids. And you see, it's just this compounding effect. And before, you know, it, we've reached thousands of kids, you know, across the state of Mississippi. So that, that's kind of where my my thoughts lie, and um, and what I would like them to to say about me when I'm all old and washed up, coaching, retired, and and never getting old. Yeah. So that's 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 my thoughts.
1: Coach, thank you so much for being on. We've enjoyed your time. Uh, thank you for coming on with us today.
0: Coach Suddeth, we enjoyed having you. On. Look forward to working at Meridian with you. Thanks,
2: guys. I appreciate y'all having